I greet you all in Jesus name. Good morning. Balamu samulinyaria mkama wafe mwasuze mutia. Um I have shared with some of us before of some of the competition that exists among what you call faith healers. Kakati nalimbu lidekaba mukumu waliwo kuwakanyokumu obako inzoga manti abawonya okukiriza. There are preachers out there who parade themselves and they claim that they have healing ministries. Waliwo ababulizi benjiri abakole enkungana nebagamba anti baina enkungana ezokuwonya obowerezo obokuwonya. And they are very competitive because they want to attract the masses, they want to attract the crowds. Baino kuwakanya kunji nyo lwenso ngabagalo kubanga basika abantu abenjawulo. And so I've, I've shared this this uh, example before that there was this one time uh, they want to advertise uh, and their advertisement is supposed to help them get more and more people coming to their uh, meetings. Kakati kino alinchi wadde konge echo kulabira kwa bantu bano bakolo obulango baba kubo obulango kati mukubo obulango so there was this one time there's a preacher who had a poster hanging and in on his poster he was saying come to my meetings all those people who are lame they are crippled i will make them walk again kakati omwami onomu yakolo bulango nate kako oba binene bipande bibaku banagamba mujemwe nabalema oba abakonzibye buli anajja ngenda kuletera okubera ngo otambula nate and you know what happens when people see posters like that? You know, they see pictures of somebody holding a crutch or somebody pushing an empty wheelchair that people are walking. Lame and crippled people are being made to walk. Another preacher came out and said, forget about the lame walking. I, if you have problems with ulcers, if you have an ulcer problem, you come to my meeting. We will pray for you, and that ulcer will go away, and you will be instantly healed. If you have migraines and perennial headaches, come, we will pray for you, and you will be healed. Now there was one preacher who was stuck. He was wondering, how can I outdo these guys? Because the other one is saying he can make crippled people walk. Think that he can his headaches. And so the third, the, the third preacher, he put out a poster. And he said, you come to me, all you. Now the word, the Swahili word is vibogoyo. Kakati omulala omu na gamba mujemwena muruswahili bagamba vibogoyo vibogoyo are people who don't have boyo and he said we will pray for vibogoyos and their teeth will grow back they are called do the other and who will perform the greater miracle these preachers they put the preaching ministry to shame. They fail in their competition to discern which is the greatest miracle ever. I'm saying to us, church, Making people who have 
no teeth to grow teeth is not the greatest miracle. Making lame people walk is not the greatest miracle. Healing ulcers and healing migraines and curing headaches, that is not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle ever. The single most greatest miracle is the salvation of a human soul. God saved that was dead in sin and making it alive in Christ. Blinded by his own sin and blinded by Satan. A sinner who was enslaved, a slave of sin being set free. When the blindness is taken away and the slavery is taken away and the dead soul is raised to life in Christ. That is the single most greatest miracle in the universe. Forget about lame people walking. You forget about ulcers and headaches. The passage we are going to consider is going to highlight the greatest miracle from this lineage we will get a lesson that's why you see our title up there it says lineage this provide a lesson for us we will see a pagan will be miraculously brought into a relationship with Yahweh. And he will be made into a patriarch or the father of faith. Those names that you had, Musumba Edward and our brother Edgar reading here, those names are going to give us that lesson. A pagan will become a patriarch. And as we see this, we will see a lesson from this lineage. So what we see in this passage from verse 10 to verse 32 is we see four storyline details that will cause you and me to marvel at God's choice of Abram. Four storyline details that will cause us to marvel at God's choice of Abraham. I will give them to you and then we will look at them together. Storyline detail number one. Action. 
From verse 10 to verse 29. Sovereign selection. From verse 10 to 29. Then the second storyline detail is a striking sequence. And we will still see that from verse 10 to verse 29. And then the third storyline detail is Sarai's setback. Sarai's setback. That's in verse 30. And then in verse 31 and 32, we see selective submission. I want us to consider those four together. Those are storyline details that will cause you to marvel at God's choice of Abraham. Miracle ever is a pagan becoming a believer. Let's consider these things together, but before we do, let's pray and Father, we pray that you will take your word take these names and the details given surrounding these names and the truth that they bear and apply that truth to our hearts and give us everything we Father move in our midst and perform the greatest miracle ever bring sinners to salvation and bring saints to sanctification mature your church we pray cause us to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in his name we pray Amen. so what we the first the first uh, uh, notable Storyline detail is sovereign selection. When you read the, the names being given here, go with me to pay uh, to verse number 11. Verse number 11 says, And Shem lived after he fathered Arpachshad. 500 years and had other sons and daughters. So Shem had other sons. One one he had is mentioned. The name is the only name mentioned for a man who lived 600 years and he had other sons and daughters. Why was it only one name mentioned? If you look at verse 13, it says, And Arpachad lived after he fathered Shelah. Uh, 403 the sons 
So also Alpak said, who lived for 438 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Only one of his children is mentioned. Sheller. Why only Sheller? You read on. In verse 17, it says, And Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years and had other sons and daughters. Eber Eber 164 years and he had sons and daughters but only one is mentioned only Peleg among the children of Eber is mentioned the answer is in that first point that we have given what we see going on here is God is sovereignly selecting individuals and he has a goal God is preparing a lineage for Abraham. And he is very specific. There's like 20 children but among the 40. Because he is sovereignly selecting a lineage for Abraham. We the other thing you should notice is God is sovereignly selecting who will be the father of who and who will be the child of who. This is all intricately designed by God. Nothing is being left to chance. Uh, who your father will be. None of us decided who our fathers will be. God decides who your offsprings will be. None of us decide. God sovereignly decides. I've always said, you know, people given a choice, maybe you would have chosen to be born in uh, in uh, in Museveni's home. Or you who is a noob supporter, you would have you would have chosen to be born in Bobby Wine's home. Or maybe we have FDC people here. You would say for me, I would have chosen who is the FDC leader? Yes. There's problems in FDC. We don't know the leader anymore. Given a choice, you might have chosen a different father. You might have chosen a different mother. It's not your opinion and your who your. 
And for the parents, God does not invite your opinion and your you know your choices to determine who your children will be. God sovereignly decides. We see sovereign selection taking place here. Arpachad was born to Shem. He could not be born to Eber. Eber had a child called Peleg. Peleg could not be born by Shem. All these things were all of them to the last dot, all of them determined by God. Let me show you the other thing that is being sovereignly selected here. This man that God is preparing a lineage for. All these names are leading to a man called Abram. So we, we meet him in chapter 11 before his name was changed to Abraham. He's called Abram. Abram. All these names are leading to this man called Abram. God chose all the people who will be his grandparents, his great-grandparents, his great-great-great-grandparents. God has prepared the lineage. And God has sovereignly selected Abram now again I ask us all of us church I ask us why did God choose Abram was there anything in Abram that attracted God to him if you want to find out the answer then you go to the book of Joshua. Chapter 24. Let's go to the book of Joshua. Chapter 24. And we will read and we will read verse 1 all the way to verse uh, 4. All the way to verse 3. 4. Verse 1 to 3. I'm still hearing uh, pages flipping, so that means people are still uh, are yet to get there. So Joshua 24, verse 1 to 3. Joshua 24, verse 1 to 3. God's word says, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders and the heads and the judges and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God and people, the Lord, the God of Israel. Long ago, your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. Agamba Yoswana Kunganiza, Ebika, Yona, Ebia Isaidi, Musekim, 
naita abemitwe zi nabali babwe akatonda yeso nagamba abantu bonnati mukama akatonda wa Israeli bwayogera bwatiti bajjaja mwe babera mu biro ebyedda emitala womugga tera kitawe wa Ibrahim era kitawe wa Napoli ne bawereza bakatonda abalala nentwala nentwala jjaja mwe Ibrahim ne mujja emitala womugga ne muleta mu siyonna ya kanani ne njogera ne nyongera ezaddeliye ne muwa Isaka Joshua is reminding the Israelites of their history Kakati Joshua geza ko kujukiza aba Israeli ebyafayo byawe And he reminds them of their father Abraham Era mwebi abajukiza kitabu Ibrahim And he tells them your father Abraham was a pagan idol when God called him. Abraham was an idol worshipper. He lived in a town called Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur of the Chaldeans was the worship center for the moon god. Abraham was called by Yahweh. Abraham worshipped the moon. And that is what Joshua confirms in Joshua 24. He tells the Israelites, Your father Abraham, when God chose him, and when God called him, he worshipped us. They were moon worshippers. They were pagans. Now I read that fact in scripture and I am greatly encouraged. If you are here and you are from a pagan home Abraham if you come from a home of non-believers just like Abraham was from a home of non-believers pagan worshippers there is salvation hope for you as a non-believer it is for you that this lineage is written here as Moses was writing this history for the children of Israel he was reminding them of their patriarch Abraham and his pagan history Pagan who became a patriarch. When he lived in the Ur of the Chaldeans, he was a moon worshipper. But God, in his sovereign selection, he picked Abraham. 
Why did he pick Abraham? Why does God pick any one of us? Some of you today you will hear the gospel and you will get saved. You will, you will get saved not because you are more handsome than other people. There are people who are more handsome than you and they will go to hell. There there are people who are more beautiful than you and they will go to hell. There are people who are more learned than you. Don't you ever think you have anything to offer God. There are people who are more wealthy than you and they will go to hell. So don't think God is choosing you because of your wealth. There are people who are more popular than you and they will go to hell. God does not need your fame. God, he sovereignly selects. And we see him doing that here. Choosing a pagan as a patriarch. And this entire lineage is leading to Abram. He sovereignly selects Abram. The second notable storyline detail that causes us to marvel is the striking sequence. We notice a sequence here. We notice an order here that tells you things are not getting better, they're getting worse. The Bible says in verse 11, Shem lived to be 600 years. Arpakshad, his son, lived to be 438 years. Eba lived to be 433 years. Peleg lived to be 239 years. Reu lived to and Sarah lived to be 230 years. And Neho, Nahor lived to be 138 years. What's the sequence we notice? Their, 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 their lifespan is shrinking. Shrinking lifespan. The first one lived 600 years. The last one has lived 138 years. And my friends, that is what sin has done to the world. When God created Abraham, when God created Adam, sorry. When God created Adam, he created Adam to live forever. If Adam had not sinned, Adam would not die. But after Adam sinned, death came. The Bible says death came through one man, Adam. 
And when sin came, things just went from worse to worse. It went from bad to worse. And that is what we see here. The shrinking. We even notice something very strange here in verse 28. Verse 28 says, Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in Redbridge. Imagine this. A son dies before the father. Just tells you things are out of order, things are getting bad, things are getting worse. The pain to bury a child. What's the joy of a father? Like Pastor Peter was here and he was saying, joy, 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 joy. His joy will be to see joy getting what? Married and starting a home. And getting Every parent is looking forward to the day when his children will start their own homes. No parent ever looks forward to burying their children. You would want your children to bury you, not you to bury them. Just a sin has pain and the sorrow that sin brings. We blame sin for all the sorrow and the pain in the world. Who said God does not love us? Why like they would not let us to suffer like this? Instead of blaming God, you should blame sin. Sin is what has caused the sorrow and the pain in our world. And so we see here this striking sequence is a sequence out of order and showing things are getting bad. And so the other thing that we see is we see Sarai has a setback. Because we are told in verse 29, Abram and Nahor took wives for the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name was Milka, the, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milka and Iska. By the way, allow me to pause in verse 28 and say something here. In verse 29, sorry, verse 29. It says, And Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. My brothers and sisters, that is how it was always meant to be. Men were meant to take wives. But you know, sometimes in Christendom, we hear complaints. 
The women are complaining, the women, the women in the church. They are saying the men in our church. They only look at us like statues. And we wonder who will take us. Because it was always going. Men are supposed to be the initiators of that relationship. Go to church looking at not taking up wives and you wonder what is the problem with Christian men and not churches and they get married to pagans now let me say that we are on a mission we want to raise husbands here we want to raise husband material here. We want to raise wife material here. Go back in the even when you go to a bar, you will find some men talking in the bar. And they will say, my plan is to live like this for 10 years. The church and it was, it was them would say. They would say, I will go to the church and find a wife there. They knew they cannot find a wife in the bar. There's no wife material in the bar. If you want husband material, you must find them in the church. You cannot find husband material in the bar. We have to raise men to be husbands and raise women to be wives. That the men in our church will find wives here and they will take for themselves wives. But these men they must be developed. We must develop men who are husband material. And women who are husband material. When you develop this kind of men, they know their responsibilities. Don't come to me and tell me, pastor, pray for me. Do we pray for wives? Or do we find wives? Do you pray for a wife or do you, you fast and pray for a wife? Or do you go find a wife? You go find a wife. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And obtains favor with the Lord. Now, as a church, men of call husband material, these men have been matured in Christ that when the time comes to find a wife, they will go find one. You go find a wife. 
And you know how to find a wife. You find a believing wife. You find a wife who is so in love with Jesus, you will always be. When you see that woman, you will say this is wife material I am going to find her I will take her to be my wife we see Nehor and we see Abram taking wives for themselves and we want to our husband material mature men very sober very very saturated with Christ so confused Men like that do not look at ladies like statues. They will look around and find wives here. And take them for themselves. This is how it was always meant to be. It was for men to initiate and take wives. We raise quality women and they sit there, they wait for godly men, husband material to come and take them for wives. So Abraham took a wife for himself. But the Bible says Sarai, who was the wife of Abraham, had a setback. What was the setback? It says here in verse 30, Sarai was barren. That was a big setback. Because remember, God is preparing a lineage for Abraham. God wants to do something special through Abraham. But now it looks like there's a roadblock. Rise womb is closed. She cannot. God chose Sarai specifically. So that he will show you and he will show me that there is no amount of roadblocks that can hinder his plan. God delights in doing that. He wants the most impossible situation so that he can demonstrate his power. He chooses Abram and he knows Abram will have a barren wife. Challenges like that. God says bring it on. I will show you my power. Nothing will stop my plans. I have plans that of Sarai will not stop those plans. And God's plans must prevail. Nothing will stop God's plan. And all these details are just building up to help us appreciate the uniqueness of God's plan. Now the last 
the last storyline detail, which is what I want to emphasize before we get done, is selective submission. Verse 31 and 32. This is what scripture records. The Bible says, Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his grandson and Sarai his hey by the way his daughter-in-law do you see it do you know do you know Sarah's daughter Abram married his half-sister during those days it was allowed even Cain married his sister. All these people, they married their sisters because there was that, that, that was the beginning of the genetic. By, by then, uh, human genetics were, hey, you can, the law of God forbids it. If you marry your sister, even the law of the land will have you arrested. It is incest. It is ungodly, it is wicked, it is... But back in the days of Abram, it was allowed. Abram could marry his own half-sister. Now when, when, uh, when says son and not the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law. It doesn't say his daughter, it says his daughter-in-law. Just to show you that the marriage relationship supersedes any other human relationship. The moment Abram married Sarai, the relationship of Abram and Sarai and her dad. The Bible says when a man a man shall leave his father and his mother and and, and shall um, be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. A husband and wife are one. The Bible never says that about a father and a daughter. It says that about a husband and a wife. Marriage is the strongest, deepest human relationship as far as the Bible is concerned. So when Sarai is identified here, she's not identified as the daughter of Terah. She's identified as the daughter-in-law of her own father. Terah took the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter, Abram, went forth together from all of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came, they told Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Mm -hmm. 
okumuli yensi eyabakaludaya okuyingira mu nsi ya kanani ne batuka ekalani ne batuleyo nenna kuzatera zali emyaka bibiri mu etano tera nafira mu kalani one in verse elective submission kakati echo chogerura soga botunulira nyira satumuru muno rasa dumwebi tulaba okugonda okulonde because of what elder jp read for us earlier oloku olwecho omusumba jp chiyatsomede mutandikwa he read from acts chapter number 7 and in acts chapter number 7 era musule yomsanvu this is what stephen said chino stephen chayogera in verse 2 And Stephen said, "Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia." Kakati olobya gamba Stephen nagamba nti abasajja aboluganda era basebu muulire. Katonda owechitiwa yalabikira jjajja fe Ibrahim ngali e Mesopotamia. God appeared to Abraham when Abraham was in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is the other word for Ur of the Chaldeans. Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. And it says here God appeared to Abraham in Mesopotamia before Abraham lived in Haran. And this is what God said to him. Stephen says God told Abraham go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. So Stephen Is that what we see Abraham doing in verse 31 and 32? It is not. What we see in verse 31 and 32. After God spoke to Abram. God told Abram, "Leave your land. Leave your people. And come." Oje go to a land that I will show you. Ogende munsi jenzyo kulaga. But in verse 31, we see Abraham's father Terah. Tulaba tata wa Ibrahim Terah. He is the one leading. Yali mukulembera. And the Bible says Terah took Abraham Terah na Karan na twalane Luti and took Lot na twalane Alan and they started going towards Haran. Nebata niko genderi Kalani hoping to get to Canaan ngabaso bilokutuka mu Kanani Now why is Terra leading this move Kakati chibuzo chidi akule Old Abram leave your relatives all your kindred leave them behind Katonda yagamba Ibrahim na gamba leka ensi yonawa na onaba tubona but Abraham submitted to God's call wabula ya Ibrahim okweto waza wansi okuita kwa Katonda but selectively Maybe he shared what God had said with his relatives. That's a good idea. Let us go. 
But don't forget Lot. Don't forget Haran. Let's all go. God had said, you leave your country and you leave your kindred. Leave all your relatives behind. Abraham did not do that. He left Ur with his relatives. Now the way the map is set is such that Ur is down here in the south and the Euphrates river goes like this up here up north there's a place called Haran and then Canaan is here if you move from Ur to Canaan directly there's a big desert here you can die in the desert so the plan was you move from Ur and then you go to Haran where there's water and then you come now listen to the danger that came upon Abraham Ur was a city that was an idol worshipping city, the center for the worship of the moon god. The second center for worship of the moon god was this place called Haran. That was very dangerous. They are leaving a town where the moon worship the moon is worshipped. And they decide they will not go straight to Canaan, they will go through Haran. And when they abandon the mission and they stay in Haran for 15 years 15 years and God had told Abram come from there go to Canaan but when they passed through Haran they stayed there I don't know what they saw maybe as they were traveling because Terah, Abraham's father, was a moon worshipper. When they got to Haran, maybe there was something going on about worshipping the moon god and they found themselves joining and they stayed there for 15 years. When God saves you, when God calls you, we have to be careful. By the way, we used to say back in uh, back in the days. There are things that can pull you back to your old life. Like if somebody is here, maybe you used to be an alcoholic. And then you get saved. Hey, do you know alcoholics get saved? and there might be someone in the crowd here who is struggling with alcohol you are an alcoholic God saves 
So if somebody comes and gets saved and they were alcoholics, you, you don't start a ministry going to the bar to witness to people in the bar and you send that former alcoholic. What will happen when he gets to the bar? What will happen when he gets to the bar? And somebody says, you just sit down, let me get you one. What, what you send this person to do bar ministry when he was a former alcoholic? You know in Karuma, there's a ministry that is reaching prostitutes. Provide, providing rehabilitation for the prostitutes and teaching them a better life. If one of us is known to be very immoral, they just like sleeping around. And then God saves them. We, we don't send them to Karuma. And tell them, go and help that ministry up there. It's danger, danger, danger. When God saves you, you stay away from any environment that will pull you back to your old life. But what did Abraham and his relatives do? They left Ur and went through Haran and they abandoned the mission there and stayed there for 15 years until you go to Haran from Ur and something will pull you back to your old life we obey God we submit to his word. Select. We submit to God's entire command. We, we don't obey half of what he said. Half obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. God says to Abraham, leave your country he decides he will take some of his people and they will go to Haran we don't do that when God says something we obey what God has said to the last dot and you don't carry your relatives the Bible says to us come out from among them don't you know that one day we will one day we will judge the nations and so you cannot judge an immoral person if your life is immoral if you're a gossip and a liar how will you sit with Jesus on his throne and judge gossips and liars 
God says, come out from among them, come out from among them. Leave your country, leave your people, don't leave your country and carry your people. You obey God and you obey him completely. Verse 32. The days of terror were 205 years and terror died in Haran. Now the tragedy the tragedy is that Terah died a non-believer. He died a sinner. Where do you think Terah is today? Because he died in Haran and he, he died a moon worshipper. Where is Terah today? Right now, his soul is in torment. Full fury of God as a non-believer. It's not about where you die. It's about how you die. Do you die a believer? Or do you die a non-believer? Do you die a worshipper of Yahweh? It's not where you die. It's how you die. Terror right now is facing God's fury. He is suffering like the rich man in the rich man and Lazarus story. He is in pain beyond the of God. It's not about where you die. It's about how you die. Do you die a believer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Abram. We thank you. Selecting a pagan and making him a patriarch. That you did that because you have a plan. And next week we will even hear of how what that plan is. And why you chose Abram and what you chose him for. You who saves pagans. May it please you to save today. Any amongst us who doesn't know you. Father, bring them to saving faith. Thank you for your Pursue it. May it not return to you void. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.